ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is the one that Damien's wanted. This is the one that he's riding for Jason. And Media Puzzle goes to the line to win the Melbourne Cup. Damien stands high in the irons, salutes the heavens. That's for Jason. Sports media loves the word iconic. It gets used probably too much, but that moment, that was iconic. Damien Oliver steering media puzzle to victory at the Melbourne Cup just days after a racing accident killed brother Jason. It's a moment so much bigger than sport, but it has come to shape how we think about a champion's career. To be honest, there's more to it. At 51, Damien Oliver has announced he's set to retire. What's been the key to his success and longevity? How will that career be remembered in the racing community? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Daniel Miles is the ABC's authority on horse racing. Dan, Damien Oliver has announced he will walk away from horse racing at the conclusion of the year. For those who don't fully understand and appreciate what he's been able to achieve, why is this so significant? Pat, for racing people, there's probably no debate when it comes to Damien Oliver. As a jockey, he's the greatest of all time. So the stats alone are remarkable. 128 Group 1 wins, which is the most of any Aussie jockey in the history of the sport. Add into that three Melbourne Cups, four Caulfield Cups, two Cox Plates, a Golden Slipper, and a bit more than $250 million in prize money. That's probably enough to make anyone's eyes water. But what really elevates Ollie has been his longevity and his ability to remain at the top of his game for decades. I mean, he's literally been a jockey for 36 years. It all started in Perth as a 15-year-old. He was winning Group 1s less than two years later, and he's remained at the top of his game ever since. So in that time, he's won the Scobie Breezley medal, which is the equivalent of the Brownlow or the Dalian medal, 14 times. I've never known a world in which Damien Oliver isn't riding thoroughbreds. And to be honest, it's probably the same for a lot of the people he's sharing a jockey's room with at the moment. So to put it into perspective for you, Pat, Ollie is racing's version of Roger Federer, a Tom Brady, a Michael Jordan, finally calling it quits. This is massive. It's an almost overwhelming body of work. And I think his story, it goes beyond just on-track excellence. And I think the reason racing fans feel such a connection to him is because of what happened in 2002. Can you take us back to the lead into the Melbourne Cup? What takes place for Damien Oliver? For mine, this is probably one of the most remarkable and emotional moments in global sport. So it's October 2002. And the Irish legend, Dermot Weld, is sending two horses down under in his bid to win a second cup. The first is Vinnie Rowe, an undoubted champion in his home country. And the second is an ungainly chestnut hurdler called Media Puzzle, who was initially seen as probably more of a travelling companion than anything else. But... Lo and behold, Media Puzzle comes out and absolutely brains them in the Geelong Cup that year with Ollie on board. On the outside, Piace, Southern Crown, an old tawny from a mile back, but it's the Irish horse, Media Puzzle, and Oliver. Media Puzzle wins by three lengths. And all of a sudden, this Irish horse is the only thing that anyone in racing can talk about. 
So days later, that elation then leads to tragedy for Damien Oliver. Jockey Jason Oliver is undergoing tests in a Perth hospital after he was critically injured in a racing accident. Jason was racing a 400-metre trial at Belmont Racecourse yesterday when his horse snapped a leg, causing him to fall with the horse rolling on him. His brother, Jason, fell off a horse in a barrier trial in Perth and died just days later. And this is heartbreak for a family that's already been beset by tragedy. Damien Oliver's father, Ray, was also a jockey, and he died in a race fall when Ollie was just three years old. And now another accident in the sport he loves so much claims his only sibling, his brother, Jason. This is a time where he is just absolutely engulfed in grief, and the eyes of the world watching his every move as he flew home to be by his mum's side just days before the Melbourne Cup. And then the question becomes, will he or won't he compete at the race that stops the nation. And you can imagine the emotions and thoughts swirling inside the jockey. You were there. Can you just describe what took place and what you experienced after Damien Oliver ultimately decided to compete? Honestly, it's probably the most emotional moment I've ever had witnessing sport. So Damien decides to take to the saddle. And in the lead up on that day, he's just had an awful day. Nothing's gone right for him in any of his rides leading up to the cup. People are questioning whether he should even be there. He gets legged up on Media Puzzle and there's oh, there's just something different. You look at him and he's wearing his brother's jodhpurs. 142 runnings of the cup. Has it been a better story? A more emotional one? See the breaches, Jason Oliver? The race itself turns out to be pure Hollywood. He positions Media Puzzle perfectly throughout. There. Pentastic is next on the inside of Media Puzzle. Media Puzzle is right behind Vinny. A length and, and then as they round the home turn, it's the two Irish stablemates going head to head. Making a dash, and so is Media Puzzle. Here comes Damien on Media Puzzle. Vinny Rowe and Media Puzzle. Ollie takes Media Puzzle up to Vinny Rowe. They're there eye to eye. Media Puzzle! Media Puzzle! Damien takes him to the lead with 200 metres to go. And he's shot away. Media Puzzle three lengths in front. This and as the call rings out across the track. But Damien Oliver riding with the spirit of Jason out by three on Media Puzzle. I think he's got the cup one. Media Puzzle just surges past and wins the cup. And Media Puzzle, Damien Ollie stands up high in the irons. He points to the sky. He sends a kiss to the heavens. Honestly, I had chills at the time, and I do again now just thinking about it. Yeah, you're giving me chills here in the studio. If that was an unquestionable high, there have been lows. What were the moments Oliver would perhaps regret? The darkest day for Damien Oliver probably came in 2010 at a really ordinary meeting at Mooney Valley in Victoria. So he decided that day to place a $10,000 bet on a horse that he wasn't riding, which is absolutely against the rules of the sport. Two years later, it all comes to pass and he's rubbed out for eight months with an additional two months for using his mobile phone in the jockey's room, which is also illegal. Now, that penalty itself was shrouded in controversy, basically for its leniency, to the point now where the rules have changed and anyone who commits the same crime cops a two-year minimum ban. So that was a day that Ollie's reputation took a serious hit, and it really did take a lot of time for him to regain the trust and respect of the racing public. If you consider, as you say, that he's been around for 36 years, it is one incident in a much broader body of work. He's had extraordinary longevity. Can you maybe tell us about just how physically 
demanding it is to steer horses to victory over that period of time. God, I wish I knew personally because it looks like such a thrill, but I don't think there's anything else really like it in sport. These athletes are cardiovascular machines that are made of nothing but muscle. This is a person who has to ride over two miles and have the strength and conviction to restrain a 600 kilogram thoroughbred all while weighing in a, you know, a little bit over 50 kilos themselves and then pushing this ball of muscle to its absolute physical limits in a race. And then they do that again another seven or eight times a day, every day of the week. And in Ollie's case, for years and decades on end. And honestly, this is something that's not without danger as well. In Damien Oliver's case, he's absolutely got the scars to show for it, including a fused spine that happened when he was in a desperate fall that honestly, very few people thought he'd ever recover from. So he spent 15 months on the sidelines back in 2005, had parts of his spine fused together. Some people said he'd never ride again. But when he did come back, it was like it had almost never happened because just months after getting back into the saddle for the first time, he finished a whisker away from winning the Melbourne Cup on Pop Rock. Pop Rock coming at him. Japan 1-2. Oliver wields a whip. Pop Rock trying to get to Delta Blues. Delta Blues and Pop Rock, they come to the line. Oh, very close. Delta Blues maybe a nose to Pop Rock. Very little between them. That just shows the tenacity and strength, not only physically, but mentally, of a jockey like Damien Oliver. What do you think the key's been to his longevity? If you think of him as a Federer, Brady, LeBron James of his sport, why has he had a level of longevity that is unique to his own career? I think like your Federer, like your Brady's, there's something that he has that is indescribable, something that is innate within him that takes him to another level, whether it's, you know, the hunger the drive to win of a Michael Jordan, of nothing ever being good enough, or just the deft touch that someone like Roger Federer has. You think of that beautiful, graceful, one-armed backhand. Ollie had beautiful, soft, and still does, beautiful, beautiful, soft hands when he's riding horses, and an ability to get his horse to get into the right position at the right time. It's something that is deep within him that very few other jockeys have, which is why we've been so lucky to witness it for decades, not just years or seasons, for generations. We've still got spring carnival and even summer racing in Perth to come from Damien Oliver. What's the likelihood of one final magic chapter? Well, Pat, I reckon if there's a racing god, Ollie wins the cup again this year. I don't know whether that's going to be the Melbourne Cup or perhaps the Perth Cup. Yeah, a little bit of mixed emotions. I'm sure I'm going to miss it, um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to having one last crack at a spring carnival and, and, and finishing up in Perth where it all started for me. If there is any sort of magic dust left at the bottom of Ollie's kit bag, it'll be sprinkled across this spring and there's at least one more Group 1 in him because he's still absolutely riding at his peak. And I think such is his popularity and skill I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few trainers thinking, I'd love to be a part of Ollie's last group one. Maybe we'll leg him up one more time. It's been a heck of a career. Dan Miles, thank you so much for unpacking it to this point. Love it, Pat. Thanks for the chat. 
Headlines. Canterbury coach Cameron Serraldo has defended his club's training standards after a player walked out on the Bulldogs after being punished for being late to practice. There's been reports in News Corp and Channel 9 papers that the athlete was asked to wrestle several other players. Serraldo would not comment on specifics but had this to say when asked about physical punishments. Oh, we've gone through a range of different ways of, of talking about um, holding standards. Some of that's been monetary related, some of it's been spinning a wheel and then some of it's been trying to find ways to, to change behaviours. The reality is we need to change behaviours here and I think we've done a good job of that throughout the season. The Rugby League Players Association is investigating the matter. Basketball and the Boomers have got their FIBA World Cup campaign back on track after crushing hosts Japan. Xavier Cooks had 24 points and 16 rebounds while Josh Giddy grabbed 26 points and 11 assists in a 20-point victory. They'll now go into the next phase in a group comprised of Slovenia, that's NBA star Luka Doncic's side, as well as either Georgia or Cape Verde. Tennis and men's 13th seed Alex Diemenor is into the second round of the US Open after beating Timothy Skatov in four sets. Chris O'Connell was Australia's only other winner on day two after he beat fellow Aussie Max Purcell. Alexander Vukic, Thanasi Kokonakis, Jordan Thompson, Jason Kubler and James Duckworth all lost. O'Connor will play Daniel Medvedev in the next round. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 7, Racing.com and Racenet for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.